0: Hey, it's your boy, the big Aristotle Shaq, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host. LSU Takes Down, Arkansas. As the Razorbacks fall to two and nine, LSU improves to eleven and zero by winning the game Saturday by a score of fifty-six to twenty. Although it really wasn't that close. As always, I'm joined by Josh Lemoyne. Y'all can find him on Twitter at LSU Josh, how are you doing this evening?
0: I'm doing good, man. Uh, LSU's eleven and zero, and you uh, got one more game left. See if we can finish this up right.
1: Yeah, look, eleven and zero, but more importantly,
0: one and zero. LSU takes care of business
1: against Arkansas. Uh, there's some things I want to talk about early in the game that I didn't really like. But really, the thing that I want to touch on first before we get into it is this was a 56 to 6 score before, you know, some backups were in on defense and Arkansas was able to score some points. So, you know, to all those Ohio State fans, the Clemson fans saying, y'all let them score 20, it was really a 56 6 game.
0: Yeah, Charles, that's, you know, you've seen some of the back and forth last week. Ohio State play Penn State. I just, you know, I, I try to look at it in a sense that LSU went out, how they play with the starters, you know, would they look like after the Ole Miss game? I was really intrigued, and we talked about it at length, how LSU was going to bounce back in this game. Were they going to take it serious? Were they going to come out with energy? Was the defense going to come out? And honestly, Charles, when you go look back and do the film, I, I was very pleased at just the overall effort of the starters on defense, on offense. I really like the fact that I've seen that mindset that, you know what? That's not how we play. Ole Miss wasn't. That's not this team. That's not our defense. And they've really honed in, man. And they, they made some scheme changes. And you've seen it. And I know we'll talk about it probably a little more. But, yeah, you know, overall, Charles, I was really impressed how O had these guys prepared. And you could see personally they weren't going to let that happen again to him what happened at Ole Miss. Well, Josh, let's talk about the there very few negatives in this game. The only mm-hmm. thing that I thought was
1: negative was a lack of pressure against Arkansas by our defensive line uh, early on. You know, Arkansas is able to score six points in that first half. And to be frank, Josh, Arkansas shouldn't have scored any points in this game. I mean, you look at the drive where they scored their first field goal, uh, that drive, third and 11, they complete a pass for no gain, and there's a penalty for roughing the mm-hmm. pass, right? And then you look at their other drive, which was their following drive that they scored. Uh, they had a third and 16, and they complete a pass to Rocking Boyd for 29 yards. I mean, it, there were certain things in this game where it was struggles on the defense that you wanted to see some improvements, but you still saw some things that the defense did against teams like Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, Auburn, and Florida, where you saw them make some of those same mistakes, whether it was a dumb penalty or it was a play like that pass to Raheem Boyd, where man, twenty nine yards,
0: mm-hmm. He'd
1: be giving something like that up <laughs> to like Arkansas. Yeah, it,
0: it, that was that was the early moment, Charles. Where I was like, oh come on, you know, let's not, you know, let's not have this this again, like Ole Miss. But you know, they they rounded the troops and they did all, you know, they they, they did fine. But look, I'm gonna say it now, Charles. We're eleven weeks in, and this might not be what everybody wants to hear, but LSU. Their defensive line, like you mentioned, their front four to get get pressure on the quarterback. It, it's just not there. You know, we're, we we understand who we are now. And for us to get pressure on the quarterback, you see we got to bring a Jacoby Stevens. We, we got to bring bring some guys some more pressure. We got to bring the Blitzes. Um, still disappointed, y'all, just in the sense that, like a Rashard Lawrence, you know, these some of these guys, it's just, it's just not happening. It's not happening. And I think that, uh, Coach O and – Coach Aranda, they, they know that now, obviously. Um, they watch the same film I do. And so now I think LSU can go into the game, Charles, and, you know, scheme up the, the fact that for us to get pressure on a quarterback moving forward, you know, in these next games into the college playoff bowl, whatever that is, those guys are going to have to bring something off the edge, bring something, you know, s- s- schematically because um, you just not get – the pressure is just not there with, you, with, with, with your defense alignment.
1: Well, let's go into this Arkansas game. Yep. Let's talk about a few things that we liked. Look, it's hard to take away too much from a game like this just because, man, Arkansas's roster really isn't that good, especially what the offense did to them. Uh, they, they had guys running around wide open uh, in this game, as you saw in one of those Jamar Chase touchdowns. And really, even that Clyde carry, it's like, man, Arkansas, make a tackle. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, yeah. Arkansas's a faraway away from being where they were last time LSU was undefeated during the regular season, uh, which was back in 2011. So something I do want to talk about is, is look, you saw Jacoby Stevens have a big game, right? Mm -hmm. Three sacks. Uh, He's kind of been more of a vocal leader the past two weeks. And and he's a guy that uh, immense talent coming in. Right. But you got to see him play where Grant Delpit played last year. And the big reason for that. Was the play of Mohampton. Mohampton was that safety that they were able to put out in center field. Coach O today said that Mohampton did some really good things, but Grant Delpit this week is going to be full speed and will practice every day this week. He said, I think the rest helped. So, Josh, you know, talk yep. about Hampton's play, but more importantly, can we see a three safety set with a guy like Mohampton back there?
0: Oh, I'm Charles, and I, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the film, but I know you will. Go back and watch the game. Even during the game, Charles, I remember it was probably about the second quarter, maybe, or third quarter. And I was like, oh, you know what? Mo Hampton's playing tonight. And I was like, I haven't heard his name called. and That instantly makes me think, like, he's playing good. Like, he hasn't been getting picked on. He's, he's, made, you know, he's, he's where he needs to be. Charles, when you, when you watch the film, so you got to see this defense with a healthy safety back there. Grant has just been injured, and we've seen that against Ole Miss. It was bad. It was really bad. You know, and now you've seen just the fact that LSU was able to have a guy back there, Charles, 100 percent, got some athletic ability. They got some speed. They can put him out in space. You know, he's going to make mistakes. He's a freshman. But just that alone, like you said, allowed Jacoby to come up and play that old position that Grant would play. It was just a, it was it just felt better as far as the defense as a whole that you had a healthy athletic talent on the back end that could make some plays. Uh, when you go back and I got the chance to just watch him on every snap, uh, you know, in the first half, highly impressed, Charles. He is, he plays a position like a center field. He plays a position because he plays baseball. But, man, I, you know, I was blown away, Charles. I think LSU is going to have a good one right there, man, at safety. I think he's going to be a, a you know, a really good player. Yeah, look, it would be nice to see some three safety sets just because mm-hmm. that's where you saw Grant
1: Delpit emerge. Like, I put that Delpit as a finalist for the Thorpe Award, and we'll get into those finalists. Uh, and talk about that later. But the reason that, you know, Delpit was such a good safety last year is he was able to play in that position close to the line of scrimmage. Impact, a lot of plays. Look, yes, he dropped in coverage and had interceptions. A lot of those interceptions weren't deep. You know, they were they were mm-hmm. more in coverage in the flat and stuff like that. And he yeah. had the five and a half sacks last year. So you want to see Delpit make more of an impact, move him closer to the line of scrimmage. That's big. I think that's something that we can look forward to. Uh, but, Josh, once again, you see a game where – the team doesn't grab the trophy. Did that against Ole Miss. Did it against <laughs> Arkansas, And, you know, Coach O made some comments, and not to jab Arkansas or anything about it, but this is a game they expected to win. LSU takes care of business like we expected them to.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, look, and this isn't a shot at anybody, but you got to – Ole Miss and Arkansas have to make LSU want that trophy, right? They got to make it a thing again. It wasn't long ago, Charles, where – we beat a highly ranked Ole Miss team and we were holding up the trophy, you know, and holding up the trophy. So I think that's more on those programs, Charles, to make these guys feel like it's important to win it, not LSU. And I think Coach O handled it perfectly. Those guys see the media, you know, they, they watch his, his media time and hear what he has to say. So I think he, that was a message to the team as well that we're, you know, that's great and all, but we expected to win this. So, you know, our, our goals in, you know, are set much higher than playing Arkansas and, you know, holding up yep. a trophy. And, look, I think that message was there before the game even started. Yep. That's
1: why they didn't yep. grab either trophy. Josh, one more thing I wanted to talk about that
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of rubbed me a little wrong was LSU's offense kind of struggled at the beginning of the game. Yes, they score fast, and they scored that touchdown, and I think I tweeted it out. I'm going to find it up while you answer this question. Mm-hmm. But most of LSU's drives where they've scored a touchdown come with less than three minutes. Uh, first drive, six plays, 75 yards, 227 off the, the clock. But then LSU, back-to-back punts. And it's like, man, against this Arkansas team, you look at the end of the first, the first quarter, and it's 7-3. And it's like, oh, like, what's going on? Then it's 7-6, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What right, are right. you? You know, yeah. it, talk about just the offenses. You know, maybe Arkansas schemed some things up, but if Arkansas was talented anywhere, you know, it's one or two position groups. It wasn't a whole unit. So I was surprised to see Arkansas have, some success in that first quarter against their offense?
0: Look, I'm going to say this. um, They're still in the SEC. I know they've been abysmal this year. You know, they still have coaches that are trying to coach. They still have players that are going to play. They still got decent talent on the team. Yeah, LSU looked a little flat coming out. I was a little disappointed how they initially came out in the first couple drives. It it just wasn't there. It wasn't quite clicking. But once it clicked, it it clicked, you know, and and LSU ran the score up. So, you know, once they got going, it it was impressive. I mean, I don't know really – much to say about that, but just besides the fact that Arkansas had kind of schemed up a little bit, they've been doing some work in, on film as well, uh, trying to stop a few things for LSU. But but really, Charles, when you, when it started to kind of click, you mentioned it in the opening, uh, the lack of talent, you can scheme all day and a, a driver too, yes. But like you said, the lack of talent wasn't there. And then guys just, they couldn't hang anymore. Guys are running free all over the field, you know, so it showed, its, it showed itself pretty quick there, Charles, that LSU had the inferior athletes. And not only that, they had the inferior coaches, and they've had that all season. When LSU started to really scheme it up, Charles, and I don't know if you caught the one, the Jamar Chase route, where he ran that deep post, where he, he looked like he was uh, running a, like, like a flag route to the sideline. And he broke it to the inside, and he was wide open. That was a design play. And that was beautiful, man. That's NFL stuff. So you know, overall LSU's you know, Joe Brady and Ensminger—they've been scheming things up like that all season.
1: Yeah, look, uh, just what they were able to do on offense. LSU just pretty much toyed with Arkansas in this game. The Stat I was looking at was fifty-three mm-hmm. of LSU's sixty-eight touchdown drives have come in three minutes or less. <laughs> like that's
0: that's pretty, just that's yeah, wild. That, that is wild. But you know what? At first we we we, we, we kind of got onto our defense and you just hey, is this how it's going to be? I'm not giving him a pass, Charles, and we've we've covered this. But this is who we are, and when you run that type of offense, like Oregon did years back, your defense is going to give up a few more a few more plays, a, a few more points. So I think we tend to forget about that a little bit. It's not an excuse, and I know you don't like that excuse. You've talked about that before, uh, but I just it's it's just the nature of the beats, man. If you're scoring that fast, your guys on the sideline are just not getting much rest.
1: Yeah, look, I I think that uh, it's just crazy though that this offense. You know, Coach O had the had the comment today mm-hmm. and, and something I want to talk about too is LSU has been dancing all year LSU first touchdown you see Jamar do I think it was the gritty that he did and then him and Justin Jefferson go to you know do a handshake and the ref gets in between it's like sure. man, what, it's unnecessary then they called a penalty on a on a three four second dance because it was excessive taunting and look it, it it was neither but Coach O said you know, they asked him about the, excel- the celebration penalties, and he said, I-, I think you're allowed to do that, but I guess I'm going to have to ask about it. But mm-hmm. I never thought I'd have to, you know, have the issue where our offense was getting penalized for scoring so much. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I guess that's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, I- and I'm not a fan of that, man. We talk about these guys being amateurs and not being professionals, and, you know, a lot of these people don't want these, these guys getting paid. So, you know, they score a touchdown. They're, they're college kids, right? That's what you want them to do. You want them to be amateurs. You don't want them to make any money. So what? They can't dance a little bit. They can't enjoy themselves. That's, if you're not going to pay them. How about you got to give them a little pleasure here and there, right? I mean, I'm just not a fan of that. Now, I'm not saying go out there and be crazy and taunt anybody, but give me a break, man. Let these guys have a little bit of fun. Well, let's look at some overall stats just from this game.
1: You look at what LSU was able to do. Joe Burrow, 23 of 28. 27 yards, three touchdowns. Let's give him the Heisman. We've said it again, and we'll say mm-hmm. it the rest of the year. That look, LSU's never had uh, a Maxwell a winner. They're going to have one this year. LSU's never had uh, a Blick a Knoff winner. They're going to have one this year. I, I think you're going to have a Heisman winner to put next to um, w- which you already have in Billy Cannon. But Joe Burrow, once again, you know, good performance. He was accurate. Uh, some of those were drops. There were incompletions. The only thing was sacks, but you didn't have a healthy offensive line. You kind of expect your offensive line to be healthy against AM. But looking at the rushing, Josh, you mm-hmm. know, take away the 89 for uh, Clyde edwards helaire Five carries, and he still had 99 yards. <laughs> yeah. uh, add in that 89-yard carry, he averaged <laughs> 31.3 per carry. Emory had two carries for 42 yards. He averaged 21 per carry. Like, the, the rushing game, everyone talks about the passing game, but the rushing game needs to be – made aware of
0: to other teams because at least you can run the ball if they need to. Dude, I, I look I, I honestly believe what, what it has impressed me the most about this offense as the, the season has went on. Since day one, we kind of knew if they were actually going to run this spread that we should be able to throw the ball somewhat. You know, you know we had the five star wide receivers. We we knew that I just overall for this offense, I have really loved Charles How they have grown in in the running attack and how they use a short pass in the running game, and we're really starting to see that. I guess we'll probably would the to last for about three, three weeks, three or four weeks. It's really showed itself, all the work they've put in, and Clyde's become a national name. You know, you, you see the stats he's put up this week. I, I truly believe if they have to, Charles, and we've seen it against Auburn in that game, we had to rely on the run, and I think now we can absolutely rely on the run if we have to do it against Texas A&M in the SEC championship game against Georgia, because Georgia's got a tremendous defense. Uh, so, yeah, you know, just impressed overall how that has grown and has become a strength of LSU.
1: Yeah, look, where you're going to beat Georgia, though, I don't think it's the running game, Josh. No, it, it's not. The good, a good rushing defense. You mm-hmm. saw what Georgia struggled against this weekend, and, and we're going to get into just talk about other teams as we, after we wrap up. Uh, something I also want to talk about is, look, Clyde, they use them in the receiving game a lot. Mm-hmm. 70 carries 65 yards it was almost like this was a Clyde NFL film if you had to just take a guess <laughs> and I think we've already talked about this but and mm-hmm. I make my opinion clear that I think Clyde leaves after the season because his stock's not getting any higher this is one of those films where as a scout as an NFL analyst you're turning on this film and saying "Ooh, this kid's special
0: yeah I mean when you look at what he can do and you look at he's, he's loaded to ground, he's got the power, he's got the look, – look, the one thing he's missing, and we, we've discussed this, he's, he's missing that top, top-end speed. But we've seen against Arkansas, he broke that long one, he didn't get caught this time, the guy almost got him. If, if Clyde had top-end speed, Charles, if he had that four three four four speed, he'd be a top-10 pick. I mean, that's how his stock has risen through the roof as far as the NFL scouts look at him. Charles, if I'm him, and I, I still can't believe I'm saying this, he, I think he has to absolutely leave because, like you said, his stock is so high right now. Everybody's asking me about him. You know, hey, this, when is he coming out? What year is he? Because he's kind of a name that hit the scene, what, in the last, let's say, six weeks he's really become a national name. Um, Charles, I, I can see him going in the second round, Charles. I mean, a team looked look at him and said, hey, this is a great weapon. We can use him in a passing game. We can run game. I mean, the same way to St. Hugh's Alvin Kamara. I mean, if he went in the second round, I kind of think that's where he goes right now. Mid to late second, if he falls into an early third, maybe. But, man, I think his stock has risen to where he's he's probably a second-round pick. And what's crazy about Clyde is he's getting all this recognition.
1: And it's Mm -hmm. because he's been playing well in games that matter. In SEC Mm -hmm. games right now, I think he's averaging 160 yards per game. Is a stat I saw, I think, Barrett uh, Sally put out. But the yep. crazy thing, Josh, is to look at it, Clyde's 18th in the country in terms of yards from scrimmage this year, uh, rushing yards. You know, that's more than guys. Like, that's You know, he's behind guys like Taylor, Hubbard, uh, mm-hmm. guys that are going to go high. I mean, talk about a Travis Etienne. Talk about guys like J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you know, it's not that Clyde is a guy that is 30 carries a game, right? You talk about the Leonard Fournette's, Darius Darius Geis's. That's what they were. Clyde's just a utility back, a guy that fits a spread system, a system that a lot of NFL teams are starting to adopt. And it's where I see Clyde fitting in well. Maybe a team like Arizona, you know, where they run that spread attack, even though they do have a David Johnson. A guy like Clyde could be a nice change of pace, maybe with Lamar Jackson. There's multiple teams where Clyde could fit. And that's why I see him leaving this year, because he's not one of those 30 carries a game, right? You see what he's doing in this offense. Who knows how good this offense is going to be this year. But for the first time in SEC history, Josh, LSU is the team that is the first to have a 4,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard <coughs> uh, receivers, and a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, just crazy stats about, because you went from a night-and-day difference in terms of the offense you're seeing, and in that night-and-day difference in one season – you're setting SEC records and the season's not even over.
0: Yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy when you stop and think about it and think about some of those, you know, conversations we had here, Charles, on the show, you know, let's say 18 months ago, you know, 12, 12 months ago, like, man, can we just get to spread? And, you know, they, they say fans are crazy sometimes, Charles, and they say a lot of times you don't know what you're talking about, but. I think every single fan agreed, Charles, that we just need to get an offensive mindset, off- offensive scheme in to utilize all these weapons and talent that we, we get out of Louisiana and the out-of-state talent. And now we, they did it. They finally committed. It finally happened. I know we tried with Canada. It didn't quite work out. And look what we got. Charles, we're literally going to break every record set by the NCAA. Not the NCAA, any SEC. It's, it, it's kind of crazy when I start to dive into the numbers And some of the names that start popping up with these numbers, you know, Danny Werfel, you know, some of these, like you know, historic names, Tebow. I'm like, man, we are we are going to pass those names up and, you know, we're going to be atop the record books for all this stuff. So it's it's been fun and it's you know, it's it still hasn't sunk in. I think it's the same for a lot of LSU fans because we're going week to week in it. But y'all, I truly believe we're going to look back three, four, 10 years from now. And remember, like that was a historic season for LSU and just college football as a whole. When it, it, it just it took a, a large step forward as far as the offensive schemes that it's in college football. It's fully in the SEC now. You know they say when, they want to say LSU's Big Twelve. Call it what it is, but it's it's truly here. LSU's shattering every record there is. Yeah, it's something they're
1: doing, and they're, they're going to start setting records. I mean, Joe Burrow's already done that for LSU. Uh I think it's Danny Werfel that is on top of the SEC. He's gonna pass up uh that passing record in terms mm-hmm. of yards and create a new record. Pretty, you know, pretty substantial lead. But let's switch it over. Uh look, I do want to talk about Jamar Chase and kind of what the receivers did. But that's going to lead into what I want to talk about this after this. I want to talk about just the defense in terms of guys that played really well. Yes, we talked about uh, Jacoby Stevens. And we talked about Maurice Hampton, who had six tackles in this game. I thought was big. But a guy I want to talk about is Jacob Phillips. Mm -hmm. Since 2012, there's only been one. You know, it, it had been since 2012 that we had had a linebacker record over 100 tackles. And Devin White did it last year. Jacob Phillips, less than 10 tackles away, had 12 this weekend, including two and a half for loss. Man, it's crazy how good the linebacker play has been from Phillips and even a guy like Patrick Queen. And it's kind of going unnoticed.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think some of that has to do with how historic the offense is. Um, and just kind of that's where, you know, that's where the average fan, you know, Joe Burrow, the wide receivers, all the awards and the records being broke. And then, you know, a lot of people are harping on LSU and the run defense and just the defense as a whole. But you know what? These guys are sitting here 11 and 0. They yeah, they had a bad half against Ole Miss. But when you start breaking down the numbers and looking at some things, LSU, LSU is not here with, with some elite play from a guy like Jacob Phillips. Patrick Queen, Jacoby Stephens. Look, Jacoby Stephens is number two in tackles on this team. Okay? He's a safety. You know, that's it shows you how elite and, you know, he stepped up this season for LSU. Uh, So, yeah, they don't get their credit, but – You know, the the credit will come as LSU moves further into this season. It has to, you know, and the the game's only going to get larger from here. Yeah, so let's go into the point that
1: I want to talk about because LSU is going to have a slew of guys. Mm And In in Orlando, they're probably going to have a guy who wins a trophy in New York. But in Orlando, you're going to have multiple guys, and one of those being Jamar Chase, as he is a finalist this year um, for the award for the best receiver uh the blit I, I messed it up earlier. The Blit award is uh is actually for the receiver. Uh yeah. Burrow is up for the uh Davy O'Brien and the Maxwell Award. But yeah. uh look, Jamar Chase, I mean, how could he not be the favorite right now? I saw you put out that he leads the SEC in touchdowns. Man, yeah. he had a big game this weekend, uh catching six balls for 144 yards, two touchdowns. Jesus Man. He had a good game, Josh, and just what Jamar's been able to do. He's a physical receiver, yep. and the only knock you have on him really is his hand. I mean, he's dropped some balls this year, but other than that, he's got everything you want in a receiver. A guy that's probably going to be a first-round pick next year. How good is Jamar Chase? I know we've talked about him, but his
0: evolution this year
1: in this offense has just shown that he's really one of those
0: top guys and one of the best in the country. No, I think you nailed it, Charles. Look, I, uh, you know, I'm not going to – just because we cover LSU and look, I'm just going to call it how it is. You know, I watch a lot of film, I break it down and you can go, you know, all the talk before the season was a Jerry Judy and how special he is. And he is, he is going to be a top 15 pick unlikely, but you can't turn on the film, Charles. You cannot turn on the film and go watch chase play. And just, you can't tell me after watching this, this young man play that he's probably the best wide receiver in America. Because you have to look at where he's came from to where he's growing to. Jerry Judy, is he's got the stop and start. He's elite. I, I get all that. But you know what? He doesn't quite have. Jamar has strong hands. He's more of a, a physical receiver. Um, he can go up and steal the ball from you. He has a speed to run deep. Um, he breaks a lot of tackles. You've seen that. So just the overall package here reminds me of a Jarvis Landry, but stronger with more top-end speed. Um, and I just he's special, Charles. I think if if he could leave this year and get drafted, I think he goes ahead of Jerry Judy because you can see where I think his ceiling's higher than Jerry Judy. I think he, you can see he's physically not even grown into his body yet. He's still very young and he's going to grow more. He's only, you know, he's become stronger as a player. Um, man, to where he's going to be when he gets drafted and got another whole year with him he's going to be a special one, Charles. I, I mean, I, I'm sitting here and thinking, talking to a few scouts, you know, I don't like to sit, put things out this early, but I had a scout tell me yesterday they would not be surprised if he's a top five pick. And it, if you keep up with the draft, it's hard as a wide receiver to go top five, you got to be a, a different level wide receiver. But I think right now, I mean, it's no question. I think he goes top 15, Charles. And I just think he's, he's that special a receiver because He's becoming a complete receiver. We talk about his hands a little bit. That's going to that's gonna, that's gonna grow. That's, he's going to be okay. Not like he drops a lot of balls here and there. He's still young. Uh, man, but he's just becoming a complete all-around receiver. You see with the route running, getting more crisp. He's in the right place now for Joe to hit him. You know, I, I'll leave it at that. I, I get excited because when you watch his film, Charles, that's an elite NFL wide receiver. Somebody's going to get a number one wide receiver when they draft him. Yeah, no doubt. Look, he leaves the NCAA in touchdowns and receiving yards so uh,
1: I I think he is the clear favorite for that award Josh you know besides the Thorpe Award and more so you know someone you know I I tweeted out because Thorpe Award was the first one to announce their finalists today where they had an LSU player and I tweeted out that Delpit was on there and someone said man is this based on name recognition it's like no (laughs) he's actually that good just he hasn't been playing where He's best, you know, he's a Jamal Adams type of guy. And some people think he's better than Jamal in certain aspects. But, you know, I think he's making it based on, you know, how good he is. But other than the Thorpe, I think LSU is going to
0: win all the awards. They're going to have finals at. Yeah, I mean, they if they don't. And look, some of these awards, you can take it with a grain of salt, Charles. And, you know, this they try not to make it all one team. Right. I mean, I think if LSU won every award uh that they're up for you could probably make an argument that they you know they deserve it one way or the other cuz we've had that special of a season but don't be surprised if somebody gets left off you know what I mean that's kind of how it works with these awards but um especially with Joe winning the Heisman and stuff so but uh yeah LSU as far as just overall and where they're sitting and you know as a national you know whatever you want to call it pub you know media it's it's on another level I, I We've had some good teams in the past, Charles. In 03 and 07, we won the National Championship. But this is a different type of hype, different type of level of LSU's just clearly got some NFL studs. And not on defense, right? In the past, we've seen, you know, the Honey Badger and things like that. LSU's got the wide receivers. They got the quarterback. So it's kind of a whole new world for most LSU fans
1: were you surprised to see a guy like Ceedee Lamb up there? Look, he's doesn't you know he's at nine hundred ninety nine yards for the season, only forty six catches. Yes, look, he's got the fourteen touchdowns, but you know you, you talked about the best receivers uh, that were out there. I, I you know I'm just bringing this up because I'm looking at the leaders mm-hmm. yards um, and, and touchdowns and stuff. A, a guy like Devonta Smith from Louisiana, who's got thirteen touchdowns and, and one thousand one hundred twenty yards on the season on sixty catches. He's a guy that, like, to me, Josh, he be-
0: he belongs there more than OU's receiver. Yeah, look, it, it, when you watch the film, Charles, forget Devontae Smith. He's, you know, he's an NFL wide receiver. He's really grown into his body. He was a little skinny at a, um, high school. You know, we obviously, me and you know him well from being out of Louisiana. He was a highly recruited wide receiver that LSU really wanted. Um, but, I mean, I, like I said, these awards have- <laughs> subjective. You didn't want to have all your finalists in the SEC. Uh, I know it's not right, but that's just how they do it. I've been following this for a long time. Um, So, yeah, but I think if as far as if they were going to get drafted on the board somewhere, Charles Smith goes ahead of him. I think you think he's more built for the NFL right now. Well, Josh, let's flip it
1: over. Let's talk mm-hmm. about some of these other teams as we close it out, just because we're getting to that point where, Dizer on Twitter, you know, tweeting at us, getting in DMs, especially a lot of those Ohio State fans, you know, just kind of talking some trash already. You see the Alabama fans talking trash as well. I want to talk about that Penn State-Ohio State game. Uh, a, A game that, you know, yes, Ohio State won by 11, but that game was pretty close most of the game, and Penn State was down to their backup quarterback. Josh, I didn't think Ohio State looked that good. And Justin Fields, in a moment where Fox is sitting there talking about how You know, and I think even ESPN put out the article of, does Justin Fields, you know, have the chance to steal the Heisman from from Burrow if he has two good games against Penn State and Michigan? And look, you could make the argument it's not there, but you can make the argument Justin Fields really laid an egg in
0: this game. Yeah, look, I have nothing against Justin Fields, and I was a big Fields guy, and I still am. I think he's a tremendous quarterback, athlete, whatever you want to say, Uh, but you can't You know, a guy who really breaks down film, a true analyst, not a homer. You can't watch that game or watch that film. And, you know, as the Ohio State coaches will, Charles, they're going to watch that film and they're going to cringe a little bit because when they got tight, when they needed them to really step up, not necessarily make big throws, but he put the ball on the ground, I think three times, Charles, if if I'm not mistaken. uh, And that caused that game to swing into Penn State's way. And I'm going to say this, if Penn State had a a legitimate passing quarterback back there, Penn State State may win that game, okay? They had all the opportunities there. I mean, Ohio State, to me, it just didn't didn't come out of that game saying, man, I don't want LSU to play Ohio State. I left that game going, hey, I'd rather LSU play Ohio State than have to play Alabama again, I can tell you that. If you block Chase I Young? I disagree with that. I disagree. You know, with that. I'm just going to put that out there. I 100% disagree with that. So, if if I This is why I say that. If you block Chase Young, okay? I think if you can block Chase Young, you could really take advantage of Ohio State and just they haven't been battle tested yet. I'd rather play Ohio State than play Alabama again because I think you get the oh, can we beat them two times in a season? oh, we got to play Alabama again, that whole buildup. I think you go into Ohio State and clearly LSU could offensively take advantage of the team. That's that's why I say that.
1: Look, I agree with that, but this is a uh, Alabama team without Tua. I still think Ohio State is the best uh, top-to-bottom roster other than what you're seeing in Baton Rouge. That, look, if Ohio State – you know, a LSU ends up with one, and let's have that conversation, then we'll talk about that Georgia A&M game, and mm-hmm. then kind of just make some notes about A&M, uh, you know, coming into this week as we are getting prepared, and we'll have that preview out probably Wednesday since uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving. You know, you look at what Ohio State did against Penn State, and in terms of the eye test, it's kind of scratch your head, right? right? Especially being at home. And so you say, man, Ohio State's definitely not jumping them. You know, they gained a few first-place votes, but LSU still has a huge lead in the, in terms of the AP, mm-hmm. and Ohio State's playing Michigan this week. Michigan, a team that, you know, they've had a good season, but it, once again, Michigan, you know, has a letdown in terms of what their outlook on the season was, uh, just because, you know, they've had some losses. Look, Michigan, right now, a 9-2 and two team, they're 6-2 and two in the conference, right? And some of the games they've lost, you know, it's like, man, look, they lost to a Penn State team, and, yes, you know, that game was close. But, you know, Michigan loses uh, to a Wisconsin team, 35-14. And, and, you know, you you can't look at Michigan, yes, they're ranked 10 now, and that 10 is probably only because of who they're playing this weekend where they kind of get a bump. You saw that with the Pac-12 with Oregon getting that bump. Oregon loses this weekend in a crazy game against Arizona State. Yeah. You kind of see that, and it's like – I still don't think even a big win over Michigan gives Ohio State enough of a resume to jump LSU at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right about that, Charles. Um, Look, if you watch Michigan, I'm going to say this. I I got a good friend of mine that's a Michigan fan, and I watch a lot of Michigan football. The Michigan team that you're seeing right now, though, Charles, is much better than the ones that were playing eight weeks ago. All right, I want everybody to mark this down in their books. I think in Michigan, it's in the big house. I think Michigan is going to keep the game extremely close and Michigan can win this game. Okay. What I've seen from Ohio state, it it didn't impress me. I want to see Justin Fields go into the big house and beat Michigan. i I truly believe it's a nine and a half point spread. I think Michigan is going to cover the spread. And I think Michigan is going to more than likely win this football game. We can mark it down now. Okay. I mean, you can say whatever you want, that I was wrong, but that's how I feel about this Ohio state team. And when I say about Alabama, Charles, I'd rather play Ryan Day than have to play Nick Saban again. Cuz Nick Saban is a legend. He knows how to win. He doesn't he doesn't get beat twice. You know how hard it is to beat Nick Saban twice. It doesn't happen. But he that's why I say that. So, I just Ohio State needs to prove it to me first before I give them, you know, give them all the credit. Yeah, they got the most complete team, the most complete roster. I get all that. But I need to see it first. I need to see these guys do it and do it, you know, like how LSU has done it to some of these teams before I'm really going to give them that much credit. But that's just my two cents on it.
1: Yeah, uh, Look, I'll mark it down. Josh, you, you take an L right there because I think Ohio State wins. And it's only because it's kind of weird with that game. You, you know, you look at Shay Patterson. What Shay Patterson are you going to get? I think that's a big thing in this game. But more importantly, you know, Jim Harborough, you know, as is, is good as people say he is as a coach, he hasn't beaten Ohio State.
0: That's what I'm – yep, that's what I'm getting at.
1: It's kind of like – Miles in Alabama, you know the, mm-hmm. the inability to change. Michigan kind of still, you know, has some of that inability. So, look, I, I I think that Michigan, yeah, it could be close, but I think Ohio State ends up winning this game and then goes on to the Big Twelve championship and wins. And you look at that too. LSU is going to be playing a Georgia team, and re- let's talk about that. Uh, you know, LSU going to have a a win against number four if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship ga- game. But more importantly, if LSU loses, they're still in the discussion for being the fourth team, and they probably will be the fourth team with one loss, Mm because they'll be the best one-loss team left. But, uh, you know, what's important with that number one is you get to choose where you play that number four team, either in Arizona, in Glendale, Mm -hmm. where LSU played last year, right? So LSU has some familiarity there. Or they go to Atlanta, where they'll be playing the SEC championship the week before, and if a team like Alabama gets in, Josh, I'm sending their fans over to Glendale before I'm going to Atlanta because I think Alabama travels better to Atlanta than LSU will. I've seen it. It has, yeah, yeah. right? So it's it's something that I expect. But, Josh, let's talk about that a and game. Look, you know, what are your takeaways from that game? As Georgia wins 19-13, to uh, it's like, man, Georgia's offense, uh, what are we watching, you know? It looked like a different <laughs> offense last year. You know, the SEC Championship against Bama a couple of years ago. And then you saw what you saw last uh, last weekend in A M. and this is what makes me really excited. The second half, they went tempo. And they had a lot of success against Georgia's defense, which is one of the better defenses. But LSU's already faced two better defenses in the SEC uh, than Georgia, So I'm not concerned about that. But, Josh, just some takeaways from that Georgia-A&M game.
0: Yeah, I, I got to watch most of that game, Charles. And,
1: and, and not to cut you off, but... Yeah, both teams because
0: we play a this week. We played. Yep. We're going to play Georgia the week after. Yeah, so watching that game specifically, to me, I took more out of it. And obviously, I was watching both because LSU got an opportunity to play both here coming up. But I took away more that that uh, what Georgia has struggled to do on offense. I almost I, and I brought this up before. I feel it's like we're watching LSU under less miles. When they first started with Fromm and they came in with this new regime, you've seen the offense was putting up nice numbers. But teams catch up, right? Keep, they, they're catching up with you. People are making their own changes. They know what you're going to bring at them. Now you're seeing that same concept and same offensive scheme, and it's like they're they're hard-headed and want to stick with it. And it's like you gotta, you got to change it up a little bit, spread the field a little more. It's so traditional-looking to the point now that it's hurting Georgia, and they just can't. They can't get going. And I think, to me, that falls on the coaches, and you just see it. Charles, you can watch the game like I can, and it's like, okay, it's like we're watching that offense from 2004, 2006. You're watching that. It's a spread, but it's still – it's dated a little bit. Um, And it bodes well for me watching that. I just don't think Georgia can score at LSU. They got a pretty good defense. I'm not saying LSU is going to go out and score 50 points on Georgia. But I just, I definitely think LSU can drop in the thirties on them. I just think Georgia's offense is going to struggle trying to keep up with LSU score for score. One thing about Texas A&M, I think they're talented enough to play with LSU. I just think where they're sitting at in their season, Charles. Kind of how the season has unfolded, they they weren't, they haven't been able to pull any upset yet. Like you know, maybe they can sneak and win a couple of these games that everybody wanted them to lose. I think not only because what happened last year, Charles. But also where A&M sits this year, they don't, they're not really playing for much. LSU's playing for a whole lot. We know how it went down last year. I just think it's, it's going to be a bad day for Texas A&M and how this game's going to unfold for them. I just think LSU's going to have too much energy, too much. you know they, they got so much more to play for. The focus is going to be there. Um, you know, I know we will cover that at a different time, but I, I really like LSU in this Texas A&M game. Josh, we're covering it tomorrow, so get ready. Get, get, <laughs> look, I figured that was going to be the answer. <laughs> let, let,
1: let me make some comments, mm-hmm. things uh, before I get into my Texas A&M comments. I, I do want to say, Sir Ryan Clark's tweet saying, uh, "Thank you, Tom Herman, for turning down LSU." Because, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know, look at where we are now compared to where Texas is. I, I think those are different situations. Look, Josh, I, I'll be frank, uh, and I've said it before. I wanted Tom Herman. And the reason I wanted Tom Herman is because they thought he was the next Urban Meyer. If you have the next Urban Meyer, you should get the next Urban Meyer, right? (laughs) Right, right. I'm happy we have Coach Joe. That's just, you know, something I want to throw out. I really enjoyed Ryan Clark's tweet because, you know, it's Thanksgiving, Josh, and I'm thankful for Tom Herman. Uh, Also thankful for Jimbo uh, in that that situation didn't work out because uh, Jimbo's impression of Coach Joe with the week coming this week. uh, Yeah, what didn't get me as fired up. It did not get me as fired up as Coach O's last year, and so look, A and M's coming into this game a lot of emotion. Uh, you know, I think they're going to have a leash on Damian Craig, and they're not going to let him get past, uh, past you know, the numbers on their sideline because you know you saw him, you know, getting into people's faces last year and, and kind of started the whole situation that happened. And, and LSU felt like they won that game. Uh, There were some questionable penalties where, you know, you listen to an official and they sit there and and, and, you know, it's crazy. You ask officials if you think it's supposed to go this way or that way. Officials agree with officials. Right. They're never going to go against them. I actually saw last night on ESPN.
0: I caught that, too. I know what you're going to say.
1: Yep. Where uh, SVP was asking about the tripping and they had an official that used to be an official that works for ESPN say, yeah, that was not a flag. That's the first time, Josh, to think of ever. <laughs> you know, even with, L- with the Saints last year, they kind of said, yeah, we kind of agree with the, the no-PI call. It's like, are you serious? But in that LSU, you know, A&M game, they, uh, I heard an official come on, and they talked about it, uh, I think it was on Off the Bench, and they were like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not something that, uh, you know, we're expecting, uh, you know, that to be called an LSU's favorite. You know, we didn't see his knee down, stuff like that. Well, you know, I saw his knee down. <laughs> you know? But, no. uh, you know, just with this, this A&M game coming up, look, I think A&M's talented. You saw what Kellen Mond did against LSU last year. But at, at the end of the day, Josh, you know, that was a crazy game. This game's in Death Valley. I don't think A&M stops us. Look, a and really good at running the ball. That's, that's one thing they can do. But, you know, when A&M – has issues in terms of moving the ball. Look, Isaiah Spiller last week against Georgia, he had 11 carries for seven yards. Yep. If LSU can be dominant in the run in the beginning of the game, you, you've seen it, Josh. Look against Georgia last year. LSU shut down their running attack after that first drive. They made some adjustments, and Georgia went away from running the ball. And they had success. It was crazy to me. So if you can stop AM early on and make Kellen Mond throw 42 times this week, I think LSU is going to run away with this one. Yes, there's going to be a lot of emotion, not only on the player side, but the fans. You saw it from everyone already talking after the game. Uh, The players are ready for this game. I I think if there was a trap game, it would have been Arkansas. Because they're looking more forward to this A&M game than probably even the SEC championship,
0: to be honest. No, I think you're right. And when you talk to – this is kind of an LSU LSU feel, right? Because I'm talking to some other friends of mine and people that cover other teams and just – you know, I got, like I said, I got a friend that's a Michigan fan. They, they understand how important it is, but they don't like what happened to us last year feels personal, not just as a fan, as a player, as a coach, everybody I was involved in watching that. I think it just feel, it feels personal and they can just kind of tell like, man, y'all, y'all really want to take it to AM. and m Like, and I, I think these guys at this moment want to win this game more than the SEC championship because they just, I feel like LSU pretty much got robbed from that game last year and it wasn't right. Now I want to say real quick, Charles, take away the, take away the overtime and the last minute of the game, like the craziness, right? Take away all that and watch the first, you know, 55 minutes of the game. LSU was the clear, better team, had the better athletes played good enough to win. It's just some craziness happened at the end. That's why when you really break that film down, the fact that we lost that game in that way is insane. LSU, controlled that game. They dominated that game, but we went into seven overtimes. You know, it's, it's still, it blows my mind, but um, I didn't even want to go back and watch that film yet, but I think I'm going to do it, but it's, uh, you know, and I I just think overall LSU is going to have a laser focus on this game because they know it's ahead of them. They're playing for 12 and 0 they're playing for a chance at the college football playoff and they want revenge. Just call it how it is. They, they want to make sure that they feel this loss um, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting game, and it's, you know, hopefully A&M, you know, I know they'll be ready to go. Jimbo will have his guys, his guys ready to go. Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, it's going to be a fun scene, kind of
1: one of those weird games, you know, after Thanksgiving where you don't know what kind of crowd you're going to expect. I expect a lot of people to show up, but I don't know. Oh, yeah people, But I do expect the people that are there to be loud. Josh, before we close out, do you want to kind of get your thoughts and comments? Um, just LSU's had a couple of guys – that decommitted. Um, just talk about the reasons behind that. And, and I saw you did put in, you know, on Twitter, like mm-hmm. a processing type of thing yeah. uh, with LSU expecting some commits from some bigger names. Look, Coach O said it before they're going to take the best 25 at LSU. A- and that's part of it. LSU were, was at 25 com- uh, commits at the beginning of the weekend so they had to make some room if they're going to accept some more people just kind of talk up through that process and, and what you're hearing in terms of what lsu may be getting in the future uh and just the the whole trending and one yeah. right now in lsu's favor
0: yeah look i want to say this and because it, it it's still kind of to me it's so funny how we all know that lsu is going to have to process guys and we know lsu Look, LSU started winning. We talked. About the best recruiting tool is winning. You win, you're going to get other guys' interest. And then when a guy decommits, fans get in an uproar and be like, "Oh, I don't know if he was the right guy. What are they doing?" Alex Bryant, I really liked him. I, I I get what you're saying, and I'm glad you really liked Alex Bryant. And he was he is a talented player. But we have to get out of that old mode that we were in. Okay, LSU is going to a new a new realm. Okay. The Cle- where Clemson's at now that, yeah, the four star number sixteen, number eighteen weak side, D end or strong side D end, he's really good. But we're going after the guy that might be a, a top five pick in the NFL draft when he leaves. Okay, we're going after a guy that we know is a surefire stud. Okay, that's where LSU's at, and I think sometimes fan gets caught up in the stars, get caught up in well, yeah, but he's a four star ranked sixteenth, you know, in the country. But we're going after the number two player in high school football. Okay, it's a different, it's a totally different world. This guy needs two or three years of work, weightlifting. This other guy can start as a true freshman and lead the SEC in sacks. Okay, and I think it's hard sometimes for fans to see that, but really that's where LSU's trending, and that's what they're trying to change. They're going after a Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country who could just walk on the field next year for LSU and rush for a thousand yards if needed. You know, uh, a Birch, a Jordan Birch, the number two player in the country from South Carolina. This guy, these guys are NFL guys. OK, stud guys. You know, they don't all work out. But when you watch the film on these guys, these scouts, scouts, even in the NFL, say that guy is going to be a freak. So. Calm down. We're going to process probably two or three more guys. You might not like it because he's a four-star that you really like, and he was helping LSU recruit. But I promise you, when you're done and when LSU's done, you're going to be like, well, I'm glad we got him because these are game-changing, program-changing type individuals, the Jamar Chases, A. Burrow, those type guys. So take a deep breath. Don't freak out. It's unfortunate. It's like I've said a million times on this show, huh, Charles, that it's the side of recruiting we don't like, and the kids don't necessarily like it, but it's a business. It's a big business. Millions, multi-millions of dollars go into this. People's lives on the line as far as work and, and their lives. and their, it, it, So they're going to take the best 25. Um, so, you know, I see the tweets. I can't believe we let them go. It, it, it's going to be okay because the guy that they replace him with might be a top five pick in the draft. Yeah, that's an important thing to
1: remember. And that yep. LSU's working to get the best 25. The best. And that's important. It is, that's the difference between winning, you know, going uh, at the end of the day 15-0 and, and winning a national championship or going, you know, but let's be frank, you know, what LSU was last year, 10-win team. Exactly, Charles. Is, exactly, is exactly. number one classes. And, and, yes, coaching has comes into play. Heart comes into play. But at the end of the day, when you look at the Clemsons, the Floridas, you know, the Georgias, uh, the Ohio State's of the country, it, mm-hmm. it's talent. Talent is what reigns supreme at the end of the day. And look, LSU's got some places they need to improve on. Defensive line being one of them. We talked about that not having that pass rush from four down linemen. Exactly. Uh, You see it at times, but LSU's moving to that. That's why they have, you know, some of the best defensive line in the class. And if you can add one of the best outside linebackers, the number two, and then the number two player, the number one defensive end in the country, you're talking about a pass (laughs) rush from the four down linemen and maybe (laughs) seeing an outside linebacker. Something even with a, a guy like. Uh, you know, Kayla even on that you're not getting right now. Yep. And other than a few big games, Chaseon's been somewhat quiet this season. So it, it's it's where LSU's moving towards. I expect LSU's defensive line to be a lot better next year, and I expect this offense to be as a whole better next year. But look, LSU once again picks up another number one cornerback. DBU is alive and well, and I think LSU is going to continue to recruit well, and they have to. And so you can't be mad at what's going on. You can't sit, "Oh, well, hope he comes back." At this stage in the game, especially guys that were signing in December, uh, that early signing period, they're not coming back. So you expect LSU to to have some names uh, commit in the next coming weeks. Uh, there's a big one, December nineteenth. Uh, mm-hmm. You were talking about him, and Birch is when he's announcing. Um, things are trending in the right way for LSU. We'll see how that goes. Same with that outside linebacker, Zach Evans, and a guy like Doomerville. So, look, there's a lot of things to be excited about. But at the end of the day, like Josh said, you, it, it's the tough side of recruiting, but it's the best thing for these players. that They go to you know, places where they can have an immediate impact. Look, it may not be LSU, but it may be Mississippi State. It, it, you know, I, I'm looking right now, in terms of Jalen Lee, it, it, universities he's looking at. Florida, Alabama, Ole Miss, Houston, those are big-time programs where he goes in, he's going to have an immediate impact. So, look, these kids are talented. I was excited to have them uh, in our recruiting class, but when you can upgrade, you upgrade, and that's the name of the game. That's the difference between being the number one team at the end of the year and being a top-ten team. So, Josh, look, I'm excited. I know you are as well for this A&M game this weekend. Uh, we'll be breaking that down, and this will be out tomorrow. Won't have much time to listen to our recap of this week. Uh, but LSU took care of business, as we expected, by a score of 56-20. to 20. No, they did not cover, but 56-6 uh, to 6 is the score I'm going with. I, I did think that they covered in my mind. But, uh, Josh, look, it's an exciting week of football. It's Thanksgiving. Lots to be thankful for and lots to look forward to this in the next coming weeks.
0: Yeah, it's, it, you know, LSU's football is at a height that it's been a while since we've been here, 2011. And in many ways, Charles. Unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. And I just, in many ways, if LSU can continue this moving forward, we have never really seen, seen it like this. No, granted, they got to keep winning, and I, I get all that. And, but if they can, you know, you're doing this in a different way than we we ever have before at LSU in an uh, offensive firepower you know, uh, you got a quarterback that's up for the Heisman. You got wide receivers that are up, you know, for all these yearly awards. Um, your tight end is, has just broke the record for the most catches by an LSU tight end. I know we to put just, it, it's a different way that we're going about it this time from 03 and 07 and 2011. So, um, like I said on the last show, enjoy it. I see a lot of guys, a lot of fans up tight, you know, still upset about certain things and a LSU on defense, man, take, take a deep breath for a second and and enjoy this because it might be a while before we're back in this situation again. I know we're always going to be competitive, but this is truly a special season. So try to, you know, enjoy it this Thanksgiving with your family. And it's, it's rare. We're We're in a rare time for LSU football. So just try to try to take time to enjoy it. Well, Josh, that wraps up this
1: recap of the Arkansas game. Once again, LSU takes down Arkansas by a score of 56-20. to 20. We didn't even talk about it, but LSU wins the West for the first time since 2011. Yeah. But, uh, look, excited week, you know, as A&M is coming in. Last home game, time to honor these seniors. We'll talk about uh, the 18 seniors. I think that's it's either 18 or 15 seniors that will be uh, honored on Senior Day. But for Josh Samoyne, my name is Charles Reese. Y'all have a great week, and as always... I